Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast slash vidcast. I'm still figuring out the name with the new platform, but today's guest, I've been really looking forward to having them on. Um, this is somebody who uh, was actually advised by a friend that we all know, Ty, uh, that Neil, you should really get this person onto your show. And uh, for many weeks, I said, yes, you know, I need to get this on. And I was wondering, do I wait for this person to ask me or do I reach out to them? And as a good SDR, I reached out to them and we had a great conversation and we're here today. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Holly Allen BDR from G2. Yes. Hello, everyone. I am honestly so excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've recorded a few podcasts in the past, but this was one that I was desperate, Neil, for you to um, come and ask me to join. I think when you messaged me, I even said, like, finally, I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment to come. So, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Holly and I am a BDR at a company called G2. We are essentially a trip advisor, but for software. So we work with all tech companies of various shapes and sizes. Um, and I've been here for about nine months now. Um, the time has absolutely flown by. And yeah, I absolutely love being a BDR. So I'm really excited to kind of share my story with you all today. Absolutely. That is the strongest intro I think that we've had today, Holly. So thank you so much for that. Uh, and equally, yes, we're very excited to have you on board. Uh, I believe you're the third BDR that we've had from G2. So we've met uh, in the past Quarantine uh, and Carl Ritchie as well. And as mentioned, I've been really waiting for you to come on the show. So we're glad to have you here. But for the listeners and watchers out there, like where are you based in the world, Holly? So right now I am tuning in from my bedroom in Clapham. Um, so I moved to London around two and a half months ago. Um, it was a big move. I'd been living with my mum and dad um, up north in Southport for the majority of lockdown. So yeah, moving to the big smoke was a scary move, but I'm absolutely loving it. I think with London, people were like, you either love it or you hate it. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely love it. I'm in the right place. Ah, so that's good to know because I think um, we was at an event for Sholly Confidence and I think one of the questions was, we was you was asking the team, like, where would you move to in London? And we was all saying, Southwest, get to Clapham. So you've come to South River and it's great to see you. So we're actually neighbours, so I'm only about, what, 20, 30 minutes away from Clapham. Oh. Uh, but, but that's wicked to hear. And outside of sales, Holly, like, what, what do you get up to outside of BDR life? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm big into fitness. Um, so I love working out. I work out like six days a week. Um, I'm really wow. into running. So that's something that I was never into before. Um, and then when lockdown happened, it seemed everyone was on a mission to get to 5k. Um, so I jumped on that bandwagon and have been running ever since. Um, I'm a big foodie. Um, I like going out for drinks with the girls on a weekend. Um, yeah, just, I guess, normal 23 year old stuff, really. And love traveling when when we can. 
<laughs> Indeed, when we can, and hopefully things will be lifting up soon. And I can't wait yeah. till the 21st of June because uh, I'm looking to go out to a proper rave up. Um, and there's plenty of stuff that always happens in Clapham as well. Um, but coming back to yourself uh, with your life and your BDR journey. So for again, for the watchers out there, and if you're not watching, remember to check out Happy Selling on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, but what we can actually see right now, Holly, is your colourful and strong LinkedIn profile. Uh, and having a look through this uh, in terms of your journey up to like where you are today, what we can see is you were at the University of Nottingham. Um, you'd worked at Bittersweets Promotions, and we've got some stories there as well. Uh, you'd worked at Venetrix. So for those that don't know, you're the sister of Sophie Allen, the recruiter, the, the, the famous recruiter that we know from Venetrix. Is that right? I am indeed the ultimate female boss, Sophie Allen, my favourite person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I love it. Um, you'd also had a stint within the retail space. You yourself were a recruiter. Uh, and then obviously you've been working as a BDR at G2, but you're also doing some cool stuff outside of that as well. But Holly, you kind of like walk us through from like the days of uni. Like how did you get to like where you are today? Yeah, of course. So I went to the University of Nottingham um, arrived at uni, you know, free from my mum and dad. Um, and like many uh, graduates went absolutely crazy as soon as I arrived. Um, <laughs> so I was a real party girl in my first year. You could not control me. I was out six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, wasn't very good for my liver, was not good for my bank balance. <laughs> so towards the end of my first year, I was like, okay, I need to get myself a job, but I don't want to, you know, just do like a normal job. I want to do something where I can be out having fun, partying, but still make money. Mm. So I joined uh, Bittersweet Promotion as a shop girl. So I was working three, four nights a week. Um, and I was that girl that would walk around with a light up tray of Jaeger bombs. Um, and I would try and sell as many shots as possible. Mm. Um, so it was a commission based role. So I was in charge of my own earnings, as you often are in sales. And I absolutely loved it. I did it with a few of my friends. Um, and I remember I used to get to my shifts like an hour early. I would leave as soon as like when the bar closed. Mm. Um, yeah, had so much fun doing it. And it was all cash in hand. So I would go home and this would be at like 6 a.m. I would sit on my bed in university and just count all of these notes and be like, oh, this is amazing. And go to the <laughs> bank on a Monday morning and feel like I was the richest girl in the world. Um, so, yeah, did that for a few years at uni. Um, I was promoted to an area manager role. So what this means was I would essentially go to various bars um, all around the north um, and the Midlands and I would get them to hire us um, and take on shop girls. And then I was in charge of like training the girls up, making sure that they were happy, they were selling well. So it was such a fun role, um, made a, a ton of money through that and naturally was like, OK, I want to work in sales. So mm -hmm. I had, as you mentioned, a kind of short stint in retail. Um, I worked at Hollister. It was always like a brand that I really loved. Realized retail was not for me and was like, OK, I miss selling. I miss sales. I need to get back to that. So had a pep talk with my sister, Sophie, who I could see was absolutely crushing recruitment. And she was like, OK, I know this really cool company in Manchester. They recruit predominantly for the graduate market. Um, why don't you try and have a chat with them? So went to SW6, which I absolutely loved. Like I mm. loved recruitment. I feel like sometimes recruitment has like a bit of a bad name. 
Um, but I absolutely adored it. But then because of COVID, sadly, things kind of went down the drain a little bit with yeah. uh, recruitment, especially for the grad market. So I moved on from there, had another pep talk with Sophie, and she told me all about G2, which sounded mm. super cool. It was in the tech space, which luckily wasn't kind of too hit by COVID. Um, met Henry K. Moniz Aragayo, who is incredible. He's the VP um, of sales at G2. And I was like, wow, he's amazing. I want to work for this company. And 10 months on, here I am. That is a cool story. That was a very fast-paced story as well. Um, but there's that. There's definitely some pieces that I want to pick up on. So, like um, a lot of SDR guests that we've had on the show, they have had that experience of you know coming out of university and sometimes not really knowing what they want to do. Um, and again, a lot of us sometimes say we fall into sales, right? It's not the thing that we initially think that we want to do. But with yourself, like you said, you wanted to support this lifestyle. You like to, to party and you like to earn money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had that kind of sales orientation already like sitting there. Um, and then you had the ability to, you know, go out, earn money, enjoy it, like kind of love what you do and get paid for it as well. Right. Um, and then become an area manager where you're working with a team. And I remember you saying like you come home with your bum bag with all these mm-hmm. notes and cash and you're like, oh, this is cool. What was it like the element of like for some people like with sales, it could be because it's the earn of cash. It's the earn of, you know, going out and closing that deal or convincing somebody to like, you know, take something from you. What was it about the sales buzz that kind of got you excited, Holly? Yeah, I think for me, like obviously being in that kind of nightclub environment was super fun. You know, I I don't know how I did it now. When I look back, I'm like, wow, those super long shifts, like wearing my heels for like seven, eight hours straight. I don't know how I did it. But I think the kind of being in that environment was super fun. Um, and also every single week, every single night, in fact, I'd be like, OK, I made this much money last night. Tonight I'm going to go out and I'm going to make this much money. Um, and I won't lie, I like the kind of finer things in life. I like to have nice things, but I like to be able to buy myself those nice things. Mm. So this probably sounds really sad, but in my uni room, I used to print out pictures of like a pair of Gucci trainers that I really wanted or like Ah. sunglasses or, um, a holiday destination that I really wanted to go to. Um, and yeah, so they were kind of like my mini incentives, but it wasn't even necessarily the kind of the sunglasses or the shoes. It was a lot more about being in competition with myself and being like, okay, tonight I'm going to go out and I'm going to smash it once again. Um, Mm. And I think that's kind of a narrative, an internal narrative that I've really taken through all of my sales roles in that now in G2, every month I'm like, okay, I booked this many meetings last month or like I made this much for the company last month. Like this month I want to go in, I want to smash it. How am I going to do it? And of course, it's great for G2, but also for me, that just kind of makes me feel really good. And I get a real buzz out of that. Absolutely love that. I can definitely relate to uh, the nightclub life. It's something that I've done as well. Um, But like having those and like, yeah, like going out to a gig, like performing and then getting that cash at the end. That was nice. And I really love that element of visualization. So, you know, like putting things on like a board as to things that you want to attain. And having the independence and power to be able to do that, I think that is a very great motivation. Uh, I remember like in my early sales jobs, I always wanted to have like a Honda uh, motorbike and a CBR 600. And I used to sit there like doing my cold calls thinking that's the reason why I'm doing this and that's what I want. And I got what I wanted. 
you know. Um, and then obviously, like you say, like, uh, like having that independence and being able to support yourself. And it's not there's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice things in life. But when you have that drive, I think that's a great motivation. So sometimes I do say to SDRs is like, if you're working from home, like right now, I've got a vision board in front of me of all the stuff that I want to get. Um, and that, that's your driving force behind you. And the other piece is sometimes we speak to, to SDRs that have gone into the retail space. Um, and the reason why I think it's good is because it gives you that customer facing exposure. Because a lot of us may, and you already had that, like working within like the shot space and working in like nightclubs, etc. Mm -hmm. But it gives you the ability to speak to customers, hear complaints, uh, talk to people, try to help them. Uh, but you kind of felt that it it wasn't for you. And if you wouldn't mind me asking, like, what was it about it that kind of didn't float your boat? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I just I hated it. It was not for me. And honestly, kudos to anyone that works in retail. Um, before I stepped into it, a lot of people had said to me like, hmm, Holly, like you do realize that retail like is quite difficult. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, but you know, like I, I love the brand and you know, I want the 50% discount, like all this <laughs> stuff. And then when I got there, I was like, yeah, this just isn't for me. And it was quite funny because I was, um, so I did like a grad scheme there where I was training to be a manager. Um, yeah. but my actual time on the shop floor interacting with customers was very minimal. You were kind of put in the back to like do, you know, all of the like techie stuff and sort out shipments and everything. Mm. And I remember sometimes I would walk through the shop floor and I'd be, you know, like smiling away at customers. And I'd be thinking like, I want to be out here, like doing what the reps are doing. I want to be like trying yeah. to sell coats and do this and do that and that was the part of it that I really enjoyed when I did get to do it mm -hmm. um and also in Hollister there was part of the job was obviously interviewing um reps as well to kind of get more people to come and come and work there and I used to love holding the interviews that was like my favorite part we used to run interviews on a Friday and I would just get such a buzz off that um and I remember speaking to Sophie once I'd left being like oh what am I gonna do and we talked about the parts that I had enjoyed. And she was like, mm. well, you love the interview process. When you were at Bittersweet, you loved like training up the girls, um, creating that relationship with them. And she was like, you need to just go into recruitment. Um, and yeah, it was like I say, I loved recruitment. I was working the grad market. And as a grad myself, it was so much fun speaking to grads day in, day out, getting them really excited about, you know, their future sales role. Um, yeah, and I just absolutely loved it. And the company was amazing as well. Oh, that's cool. And I think that that's uh, a very important part because sometimes we may take roles because we think that's where we want to be. That's what we want to do. And then we may come to that conclusion, actually, that's not what I like. But the elements of it, of what get, floats your boat, gets you excited, that in itself is an experience to then think, OK, where is this going to guide me to? And mm. it's great that you had um, your sister there to kind of give you that guidance and say, well, if you like the interview process and you like these certain aspects of it, then perhaps recruitment could be a fit. And again, equally, I think a lot of great BDRs and SDRs and people we've had on the show have had that recruitment experience. Mm. Uh, and as you say, being in that space of being like a grad yourself and talking to other grads and helping them get into their jobs and that's funny enough where I first saw you on LinkedIn um, I remember I can vividly remember like there was this video and I remember Sophie had liked it and then I, it said Holly Allen and I was like oh are they related 
and you were like talking about positions that you're looking to hire. I was like, ah, so here's the next protege from like the Allen crew. I was like, okay, cool. And I sat there for a bit and I thought, is she going to be a recruiter or is she going to go into like a BDR job? So when I did see that you'd accepted the role at G2, I was like, yes, yes, nice transition. But what was it like for you um, joining like with G2, like coming out of recruitment and going into the world of SaaS? Like what, obviously Sophie could prep you, but what insights and like, you know, thoughts you had going into that role and starting with a SaaS company? Yeah, so I was I was really scared about the move, I'll be honest. Like I say, I didn't really want to move from my company um, just because I loved it. I worked in the Manchester office and we were like a kind of, it was like a startup feel. We were a really small team, but we got on so well. There was banter like flying around the office all day and I was stepping into a much larger company. I was going into a space, you know, tech, like what, like G2, what's this? So I was really, really scared and it was obviously going to be fully remote um, at the beginning. So I was really nervous um, and I spoke to a lot of people who'd done the transition from recruitment to sales and were like, best decision I've ever made, like you're going to absolutely love it. And full transparency, and I tell this to Henrique, I tell this to Molly now, when I started, I did not enjoy the SDR role, the BDR role at all. And it was because Mm. I felt really out of my depth. You know, I had gone from speaking to graduates to now these like VPs of marketing and these really kind of high performing salespeople. And I was like, how am I meant to talk to them about, you know, G2 and tech? And I don't have any tech knowledge. Mm. Um, And from there, that's kind of really where the whole personal brand, the kind of the voice notes, the videos, the kind of social selling, that's kind of where that all stemmed from. And I know that, you know, we're going to kind of talk about that today. But I was I joined with um, Sean Colfer, a.k.a. Sholly, um, (laughs) and he just kind of like nailed the role straight away. He got all of the really techie parts. And I was like, he's just nailing this. Like people are really enjoying speaking to him. And I just don't feel like I can talk about G2 in the same way. So, you know, what can I do that's going to be my thing that I can really work on and I can make sure that I'm, you know, doing a a good job um, just in a different way to Sean, you know, not sending these kind of super high techie emails. Mm. And so I started to think about, you know, what what I think I'm I'm good at, if you like. Um, And that's kind of where the videos came in. I come from like a performing background. So growing up, I did a lot of Um, drama, musical theatre. And I was like, okay, if I maybe prop up my phone and do a video and talk about, you know, a part of G2 that I do understand, um, Mm. send someone a voice note, because apparently I have quite like a bubbly voice, then, you know, why don't I just see what happens if I try that? Um, And yeah, that's kind of where the whole personal brand came from. Uh So we're going to definitely dive into that personal brand in a moment. But I think that's a really a a good thing to like admit at the beginning like when you're saying to Enrique like and to to Molly as you're saying that you know back in the early days I didn't like this stuff like I I felt totally out of depth um because like you said you were speaking to graduates and now you're speaking to you know potential decision makers or business-led type people that are running companies and you feel this is not your comfort zone and it's in the reason I say that's interesting so I've recently started a new role as an SDR manager at a company um and i've been like doing one-to-ones with the team and they would normally like speak to like lower level people within a business when they're prospecting and my question to them in the one-to-ones is like why aren't you starting at the c level like why don't you start from the top and then work your way down they're like mm-hmm. oh because 
or their C-level, like how am I supposed to have a conversation with the CEO? And I'd be like, well, how are you supposed to get an opportunity if you just keep targeting like real life? There's nothing wrong like going uh, bottom up, but I always found that top down worked best for me. Mm-hmm. And I could sense it was that, and these some of these guys and girls have only been there for a couple of months. So it is a confidence thing as well. Um, but the best way that I put it to them was like, look, if you're speaking to a CEO, a VP or whoever they are, forget the title for a minute. There's still a mum, a dad, a brother, or an uncle. They go home, they watch TV, they put their feet up, they go out in the pub on the weekends. They're just people. And the title is only there because it's part of the job. Um, so when speaking to that person, because the, the, the problem that you may have is if you start seeing these people as like <gasps> high and mighty, you then automatically put them on a pedestal with your messaging, the way that you talk to them. But if you see them as a person, we're on the same level, right? Um, but like, what advice would you give to those BDRs or SDRs that are scared about talking to senior people that, you know, they may not have that tech experience or they, that verbiage to hold a conversation? What advice would you give them, Molly? I think you've absolutely nailed it there, Neil. And I actually did a video when I kind of started at G2 talking about my fear of, you know, picking up the phone and calling a CEO of a company because of those three letters, CEO. And I remember one of my first cold calls that I ever did was with, I think she was like a VP of marketing um, and she answered the phone and she sounded like a bit kind of rushed. I felt like she was trying to get me off the phone. And then I could hear these kids like screaming and shouting in the background. And she was like, I'm really sorry, Holly. Like, yes, G2 is of interest right now, but it's school holidays um, and my kids are driving me insane. Like, (laughs) can we speak at another time? And I remember coming off the phone and thinking, wow, like she is literally just a mum. Like, yes, she has this title, but, you know, I I don't need to be scared. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that and I think also, you know, just because you're an SDR, which is kind of seen as, you know, the kind of entry level role within a, a company, you are still pivotal to that company. You know, when you watch a deal close that you've sourced, it's like, hold on a second. Yes, this opportunity may have arisen in a few months time or, you know, however, but like I'm the one that opened up that conversation. Um, So, yeah, never just think that because you're an SDR or a BDR, you don't have value or you can't speak to people because essentially most of the deals that are closing at your company, they're starting with you. 100%. Hallelujah, Holly. I totally (laughs) agree with that. And uh, another like to, to add on to that as well, like, uh, like, like you rightfully said, you have an influence within that deal. If it closed, like you help source it. Right. And it wouldn't have happened unless you reached out and did that initial first step. And the, the way that I was kind of like saying it to my team this week is, like, look, we have a CEO, we have a C-level team and they had this vision of building this business and they did it on their own and then they realized they needed to hire people to help you know sell that vision to more people so i always say to my sdrs is that you are mini ceos of your own patch and territory you want an extension of our own ceo and you're commanding the same message so if you need to bring that person in or our ceo to have a conversation with another ceo just do it you know because that's why we've employed you like we want you to spread the gospel so yeah just because we're an sdr doesn't mean that you can't act like your own ceo when you're reaching out to these prospects and i think what i really loved about your story there as well is as you're saying with sean like he was like tech up to date he knew what he was doing and there's bits that you didn't feel confident yet doing but then you ask yourself the question well what am i good at and what am i comfortable in 
And I love that element of, you know, studying drama and having that performance background. Same thing with me. I love before. And that's what I see sales as. It's a performance to an audience. And I'm here to sell the best show ever, right? Um, But then you ask yourself, what can I do? So starting these videos. And it was even like, I I remember when uh, I was meeting up with Ty uh, last year and I said, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of videos from Holly. She gets it. She's taking that thing of putting herself out there. You're getting that personal brand. Uh, and now I'd love to get into that because with personal brand, it was something that was told to me that this is what I need to improve with my own business. And when somebody, and I see people like Daniel Disney talk about personal brand and lots of other people talk about it. And I was just like, what the hell is personal brand? I didn't really get it. I just thought is, all right, is it just people know what happy selling is or know what this podcast is? And somebody kind of explained it to me the other day. It's just like, you know, your reputation, like how people perceive you or look out for you. But in your own words, Holly, like what is personal brand and how have you been building it as like a BDR? Yeah, I think for me, personal brand is my way of communicating to my audience, to my prospects. You know, I'm not just another salesperson that is trying to sell you something and take all of your money. I am a human being just like you are. I have a job to do. Um, But also like, here's me, here's my human side, if you like, here's my Mm. kind of work side. Um, And I think to kind of move on to your second question about how I've gone about it, I never script before I'm going to do a video. You know, I I obviously think about what I want to say, but I'll never have a script written. I rarely ever kind of sell G2 um, on my videos. I don't even really talk about G2 that much. It's a lot more about, you know, my role as a BDR, first of all, because I want to be able to help other BDRs and SDRs out there. But secondly, just reflecting on my own experiences, things that come up on a day to day. And I think, you know, there probably are a lot of people, whether you're an SDR, a BDR, a salesperson, whatever it may be, that have experienced this. So I'm going to just do a video um, and I'm going to talk about it. And, you know, from there, I guess just kind of being myself, not trying to be like anyone else. You know, I was I was hired for a reason. Um, That's kind of what's yeah, what's helped the, the personal brand to grow. Absolutely love that. Um, like you said, like putting a human side to it, because again, we do jobs uh, and some people may see a job title on LinkedIn, but it's when that person engages with their audience, talks about topics that, you know, that we all face. And it's a question that I get by SDRs that, you know, they want to start building a personal brand on LinkedIn. And I've got a lovely girl um, that was a former guest on the show, Charlie May. And she's saying, you know, I want to be more active on LinkedIn. I want to reach out to the community. I want to do more posts. I've set myself a challenge of, you know, 30 days to be posting content. What should I be talking about? And I'm worried that, you know, it might not hit the mark or resonate with people. And I said, first and foremost, do not give a crap what people think of you. It's what you think of yourself. And in terms of what you want to post, it's, you know, stuff that you deal with day to day. Like with me, I'm a huge geek when it comes to like uh, sales tools like Vidyard, etc. And if I find a new cool feature of it, I just post about that. Or if I've been in a business meeting uh, with another CEO and I come off the back of it and the dudes just inspired me, I talk about that. Or if, you know, I'm because I have to prospect from I have to act as an SDR for this show and for my own business and I have to try stuff out. So I think it was with voice notes. That's kind of like how I first connected with you. And I sent you a voice. Note. I was like, I don't know if she's going to like this or not. And then I see I'm doing it with all my other guests and they like it. And, you know, just posting about stuff that that, that you do. Um, but for, for like you said, like you're somebody that you know what you want to talk about. You don't necessarily have to script it. And again, that's a great performer attribute there in itself. 
Um, but advice for SDRs that are thinking about, you know, wanting to build a personal brand or, you know, start off, what advice would you give to them, Holly? So I think first and foremost, don't be afraid. Um, say you want to post a video on LinkedIn. When you're recording that video, it's literally you and your phone. So when you're recording, you don't need to be super nervous. If you don't want to post that video on LinkedIn, you don't have to. It's literally you, your phone and your bedroom. Mm. Second of all, I would say it's obviously great to look at other content and look at what other people are sharing on LinkedIn. You can get some great ideas from that, but essentially be be you, be authentic. You mm. were hired for a reason. You know, Sean and I, we're really different and we were both hired because we have very different qualities that complement one another. Mm. So I would say if you want to do a video and you want to talk about, you know, Vidyard, for example, then talk about Vidyard if that's what you feel really passionate about. If you want to talk about voice notes, then do that because I think what makes videos and content really enjoyable is when someone is actually enjoying what they're posting about and they're passionate mm. about it. And I think that's one of like the beauties of a personal brand. If you really get into it and you feel really good about it and you feel confident and that's what people are going to engage with and love, you know, that's what is going to kind of draw people in to, to liking your content. 100% agree. And I think like being like open and transparent and human, like I think in the early days when I used to post stuff <laughs> online, I did have that imposter syndrome. I did have that fear of how would I be gauged against other people out there that are, you know, like top people like, you know, Daniel Disney, Morgan Ingram. And like with me, admittedly, I don't really focus on the closing side of business. I know how to do that, but that doesn't float my boat is building relationships, finding new ways to open doors. That's mm -hmm. the stuff that makes me super excited. And I think the key takeaway that I like understood when I was doing this sort of stuff for a couple of years is I don't care if people like it or don't like it, but if there's one person that it can just help for that day and change in their mindset of, you know, we're all in this together, we're trying different stuff out, it's okay to fail, things don't always go perfect. If I can just help influence that one person, job's done, you know, mm -hmm. be it in a, a story like an Insta story or a post. Uh, and that's kind of like the advice that I gave to Charlie. I just said, like, just put stuff out that you would find useful for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you just do that consistently over time, you know, people will start to come towards you. It's like with this podcast, I had no idea how this was going to pop off. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's grown because, you know, it's stuff that I like to talk about. And I'm, I love sales development and I love speaking to people that are also passionate uh, yeah. and also want to help other people. But coming into that point with yourself of helping, the other thing I started noticing is like you were everywhere on my LinkedIn feed. Like you were doing a lot of events and you know, like with Charlie Confidence, like working with SIA and doing stuff with Daniel Disney. Like, how did that all come about? Yeah, it's it's quite crazy because for me, like building the personal brand, it almost just became like a hobby. I would start posting videos and like would get quite good feedback. And obviously, you know, naturally when people like, like and engage with your content, it makes you feel good. But never was I like, you know, as you say, Neil, never was I like, oh, I want to be, you know, the next Daniel Disney or I want to, you know, I wasn't thinking like I'm that caliber and I still certainly don't at all. So for me, it became a lot more of a kind of hobby. And I think I think this works kind of throughout sales. As soon as you start to really enjoy it, you know, as soon as you start to have a meeting with a prospect where you're not terrified, you're not just thinking about closing, but you're thinking, Do you know what, I'm going to go on this call. I'm going to build a relationship. I'm going to just enjoy it. We're going to have a laugh like we're going to have a good chat that's kind of when you start to see results. 
Um, so I remember Daniel Disney messaging me for the first time on LinkedIn and he was like, hey, Holly, like, love your content. Um, you know, I'm recording a podcast. Do you want to be a guest? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I literally <laughs> up the phone, called up my sister. I was like, you won't believe this. Can't believe <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, and yeah, and from there, I just started to get kind of more and more kind of messages, people saying that they really like the content. And obviously, naturally, that makes you want to post more. It makes you feel good. Um, mm. And from a G2 side, even though I wasn't, you know, coming on doing a video like everyone get yourselves onto G2, naturally people were kind of probably seeing my content being like, oh, she works at G2, what's G2? Um, and from mm. there, it was kind of helping with my prospecting as well. Um, so yeah, kind of opportunities just started to come up and I just started to, you know, really like enjoy doing all the, the extra stuff and the social selling side. Absolutely love that. And yeah, if Daniel ever like hit me up, I would be starstruck and be like, wow, this guy, you know, the guy that's like been doing social selling, he's got the book and everything about it and he wears the red t-shirts, that dude. Um, I, yeah, I would be equally excited. And I think, you know, like you're saying, not trying to peg yourself against other people. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you said you may not be at that level. I think like you are definitely on the way to great things. I genuinely believe in you, Holly. Um, and it's, saying yes to opportunities because sometimes it's those scary things you know I, I always i say this i guess and i've said it on the show many a time doing something once a day that scares the living hell out of you is a good thing because then once you start getting comfortable to scary situations you're open to bigger uh, opportunities as well um and yeah like just the art of saying yes to like big things because i think a lot of us can sometimes be intimidated by it and scared like I remember like when I was prospecting to get Morgan on this show, I was like, I don't know if this dude's going to say yes. I have no idea. And I originally yeah. reached out to like John Barrows and he said, well, speak to our team. And they introduced me to the CRO of John Barrow sales training. This guy's a big dog. And I was like, <laughs> I was sweating in the meeting. Uh, and then he said, yeah, I love, I love your idea. You can have them both. And I was like, what really? Wow. And then getting them on. Um, but also with, with, with social media, um, and trying to build out this personal brand it's not always roses and sunshine there is obviously like a dark side uh, and sometimes and i've seen this more prevalent like within lockdown some people that you have naysayers you have people that talk down about stuff and bdrs like do you ever experience like a negative side and you don't have to go into the details of it but if there are negative situations like how you know do you keep rational and like deal with that sort of stuff as well yeah so i think firstly like i never really focus too much on how many likes have I got? How much engagement have I got? That's not, you know, why I'm posting. I think as soon as you start to focus too much on like likes and comments and things like that, it's going to become a very negative thing. Like you need to be doing it because you're enjoying it. And as you said, Neil, if it helps one person, then that's great. Um, I think I've been quite lucky in that I think I've only ever had like one kind of negative comment. Um, it was a guy that messaged me and he was like, um, I think all your videos are just like a bit unprofessional, like you work for a really professional tech company and then you're coming on. And I think I'd done a video about like kind of mental health and talking openly mm. about how I was struggling at that moment in time. And he kind of said, you know, why are you posting that on LinkedIn? Which, you know, each to their own, everyone's allowed their opinion. But I think all in all, like it's, it's going well, G2 is happy with it. I'm happy with it. I enjoy it. So you just have to like, let the positivity outweigh the negativity. Everyone, you know, there's always going to be some person out there that has something negative to say, but you just have to like, that's their issue. 
<laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percent. That's their problem, not your problem. And yeah. that's a great mature mindset to like, you know, like let it just like uh, what they say, like uh, water off a duck's back, right? Just let it yeah. roll off. And I think you're very right. It's something I had to kind of, I kind of became guilty of it in terms of looking for the likes and the engagement, like when I was launching this podcast. And if there was a week where a show wasn't doing great, I was like, oh, maybe people don't like it. Maybe, you know, it's not that great. But then I just say, no, it's not about the likes. It's about trying to help people, you know, out there as well. Um, and with the naysayers and the haters out there, like, again, it's their problem, not yours. And it is, it's an interesting point because I used to be that a-hole back in the day where I used to say, like, Facebook is Facebook for personal, LinkedIn is business profesh. And I had that mindset for a very long time. And I think what kind of changed it was during lockdown where, you know, we were all stuck at home. We weren't in the offices. And LinkedIn kind of used to be that, you know, it was that virtual office with thousands of people in a company where we could kind of like keep sane. And then you started seeing like funny stuff, like, you know, people doing dance-offs in the bedroom or like having Zoom quizzes and stuff like that. Um, and you started seeing a human side to business. You actually saw the personalities shine through of people more than you ever did. Yeah. Uh, and then people were talking more about mental health. They were talking about initiatives that they were trying out, like... Um, I think, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name and I feel really bad about it. Uh, brotherhood, like he's doing this brotherhood piece of, like for mental health where he's doing Zooms where people can jump in. Um, like with yourselves, when you're doing Sholly Confidence, you're having all these SDRs join in where you could like talk about stuff, maybe have a drink and it's all casual and it's okay. And I joined because I was like, I want to be part of their crew. I want to be part of Sholly Confidence and get into that stuff because that's the stuff. Because I remember I, I said in that meeting, I joined like a sales version of that with leaders. And it bored me to death. I was just like, this is boring. Like, surely confidence, that's fun, you know? And you will get a lot of people that say, well, this is LinkedIn and this is professional. You shouldn't be talking about this stuff. I'm like, why not? People buy from people. Mm -hmm. And if there's stuff that inspires people and gets people happy and that positivity, as you said, why the hell not? If people don't like it, they just can log off and they can unfollow, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, with yourself, uh, like, with the SII co-host piece like with daniel uh, like what things are you guys working on like what future stuff is coming out of holly yeah so all the sia stuff is is very very cool again um that was something so i'd i'd taken part in um daniel disney's linkedin sales navigator training via sia which if you haven't done that already if you have sales navigator but don't know how to use it go and use it on go and do the training it's incredible um, so I've taken part in that and often um, on those courses, they will say, you know, does someone want to unmute and come and talk and blah, blah, blah. And so naturally I was like, yeah, like I want to chat with Daniel Disney. So got very involved in the sessions, maybe a bit too much. Um, and from there, a few weeks later, he messaged me and he was like, I really loved your interaction. Um, you know, would you like to come and be a co-host with me for my social selling class? Um, and I was like, initially, I thought it was just one session that he wanted me to do. Mm. And then he was like, um, no, 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 you know, we want you to be a, a permanent co-host. Um, so I got on a Zoom call with a few of the kind of like leading people at SIA. Dan was on there and got really excited. And I was like, wow, OK, this is this is really cool. That was almost mm. like a moment um, because I think, you know, not just saying this, like SIA is is amazing for, for sales training. Um, so yeah, so me and Dan have ran our first cohort. Um, we have many more coming up throughout the year. So these are essentially, I think they're like 
three and a half week courses. There are seven sessions and we talk about all things social selling. So optimizing your LinkedIn profile. We talk about building your personal brand. We talk about voice notes, video messaging, content, mm. like you name it, all things social selling. Um, and we have a lot of fun as well. They're not like, you know, I've been to some really boring sales webinars where I'm just sat there like, this is so boring. I'm not learning anything. Yeah. Um, but these are like really interactive. They're dynamic. We have quizzes. We have polls. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And as you know, Dan is like just so much fun. So, yeah, we kind of he certainly brings all of the, the energy, which is good. Absolutely. Look, that's a cool way to get into it. Like when you're thinking this would be a one off thing. But here's mm -hmm. a permanent chance to like work with him and like doing these classes and helping out other SDRs and with SI a great brand. So like for the watchers and listeners, as with every guest, I'll always be putting links uh, in the bottom in our show notes. So check out Holly's class as well and sign up. Um, I might have to sign up myself as well if I can get a discount. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is really cool and I absolutely love it. So again, I generally like happened on Holly. I think there are some big things like coming your way and a lot of opportunities and I'm wish, going to wish you all the best success for it. And again, we'd love to get you back on the guest to see like, you know, in a couple of months time, like to see how things have progressed. But coming towards the end of our show, if you were to see a Holly Allen from a few years ago, who's, you know, just come out of uni and just about to embark on their, a career within sales, what three bits of advice would you give to her? Yes. Good question. So I've been thinking about these three pieces of advice all morning in a lot of detail. And I would say number one is, and this sounds really simple, but ask questions. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. I, even to this day, will sometimes be sat in a meeting with my manager and she'll be talking about something and I'm thinking like, oh God, I really don't know what this is, but I don't want to sound stupid and ask. Mm. Just ask. Like, no, no one cares. You're allowed to ask a question. Um, number two, throw yourself in there, like cold calling, sending voice notes, posting videos can be really daunting. Just do it. Once you've done the first one, you will feel so much better. It's a little bit like, you know, going to the gym for the first time. You're terrified, but once you've been, you feel amazing after. Um, and the third piece of advice, and this may sound like a bit of a weird one, but remember that it's just a job. Mm -hmm. um, I think often in sales, we get so bogged down because we have targets. If we haven't quite hit our target or if we haven't beaten the previous month, we can think, oh, my God, the world's going to end. I'm going to get fired. Um, that's not going to happen. Like you're smashing it. You're doing it. Um, allow for the, the bad days. Um, and yeah, remember, it is just a job. Enjoy it. Absolutely love those are some golden nuggets. So ask questions and we always say there's no such thing as a stupid question it's stupid if you don't ask mm -hmm. jump in that's the best way to learn by doing rather than just saying thing like eh, is it gonna work you're never gonna know unless you try and you're very right it is just a job it's not just life sometimes there are good days sometimes they're bad days but that performance in the job doesn't define who you are as a person i think that's absolutely beautiful <clears throat> uh, and as we do with all guests as well are there any shout outs that you'd like to give if it's, you know, friends, family, your sister, pet dogs, whoever it is, any shout outs you'd like to give on today's show? Um, yeah, I think if you are listening to this and you're thinking about getting into an SDR role or maybe you're in an SDR role now, which you're thinking, oh, I don't feel that excited about, then please reach out to Venetrix, uh, Sophie Allen, Tara Jackson. They are an amazing team at Venetrix, like 
they really helped me to get the job at G2 and I've never looked back. Um, shout out to G2 for like supporting me doing all of this cool stuff. Um, and of course, SIA Academy, um, please come along, join our SIA training um, and come and learn about social selling. Absolutely love that. Well, Holly, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show. And for any listeners, watchers and subscribers out there, uh, by all means, we'll be putting Holly's LinkedIn profile on here. So if you want to connect and ask any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, but Holly, I hope you have a lovely weekend. I wish you all the best success with these ventures. And I'm going to be attentively watching on LinkedIn for those cool videos and posts as well. And I might join the SIA class uh, when I get a hot moment. Uh, but also, yes, hopefully we'll be able to meet up in southwest London at some point as well as you're now a neighbour. But Holly Allen, absolute pleasure and most importantly, happy selling. Thank you and thank you so much for having me, Neil. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.